Cause we can live in a money pit Money pit If your basement needs a pump Or your place looks like a dump You live in a money pit Money pit Pick up the telephone Fix up your home sweet home I call an 888 money pit The Money Pit is presented by the Angie App And LL Flooring's Profiles Podcast Now here are Tom and Leslie Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we're here to focus on you, your home, and improving it. That's why it's called the Home Improvement Show. See how it comes together? I know, it's brilliant. What can I say? <laughs> Figured it out a long time ago. It just kind of worked. But all kidding aside, we really do want to help you tackle those projects around your house that maybe you want to get done but don't know where to start, or maybe you started them and it's not going so well, or very often... You'll start a project and you'll open up a wall or a floor and be surprised by something you find, like rot or insects or whatever. Or maybe you want to tackle a project and use a pro, but you don't know how to find the right pro. You don't know what to ask the pro. These are all great questions because this is a participation program, and we rely on you to raise those questions for us to talk about. The number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974, or... You could also post your questions at moneypit.com slash ask by clicking the blue microphone button. Coming up on today's show, if there's one thing in our home we want to be pure and fresh every time we reach for it, it's our water, right? But that's not always the case. So we're going to explain how to offset the odor and hopefully get rid of it altogether. And also ahead, wouldn't it be nice if your HVAC system reminded you when it was time for maintenance or alerted your dealer when a repair is needed? Well, we're going to highlight a brand new smart home system that does just that. And are you guys ready for a new washing machine? We're going to take a look at the most popular features to help you decide which are the best for your laundry needs so you know what to pay for and what not to. All right, but first, we want to help you create your best home ever. Whether you live in a house, a condo, or an apartment, we can help you with answers to questions about remodeling, renovation, and decor. But first, you've got to help yourself by reaching out to us. You can call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. That's 888-666-3974. Or better yet, go to moneypit.com slash ask. Click the blue microphone button and leave us your question right there. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Carl in Arkansas is on the line with a thermostat question. How can we help you? I bought an older house. and uh, The thermostat that's in it now for the heating and air conditioner is an old mercury switch. And what I, what, I, what I bought is a Honeywell 5-2 switch, programming for five weekdays and a two weekend days. And what I want to know is, can I? is that something I can change out myself, or is that something I need to hire an electrician to come do? The package says easy to, easy to install, but I've looked it over, and it doesn't look like it's that easy to me. <laughs> well, look, if, if you're uncomfortable with it, I would not hire an electrician. What kind of heat do you have? Is it gas, oil? What is it? It's electric. Oh, it's electric heat. What kind of furnace do you have? A uh, train. Is this a heat pump? No, no, no. It's not a heat pump. It's a, I, that's one thing I did more with a heat pump. It's a straight electric furnace? Right, straight electric furnace, and it has an outside unit, which is also a train. Oh, uh, uh, wait, wait a minute. Listen to me. If you tell me you have an outside com- condensing unit that works with this, you've got a heat pump. You've got the compressor outside and then the furnace inside. Now, a heat pump is a combination heat pump electric furnace. That's the way they're designed to work. And the reason that that's important is because the thermostat that you chose, and I don't know if this is the case or not, but it has to be rated for a heat pump because the way heat pumps work is when you set your heat, let's say you set your heat at 68 degrees. 
Temp- it starts getting cold outside, right? The, then inside the house, it falls to 67. The heat pump comes on. Still cold. Falls to 66. Heat pump stays on. Still cold. Falls to 65. Now it's a more than two degree split between what it was set at and and what it is. The heat pump says, I can't keep up with this. I'm going to bring on my friend, the electric furnace. So now the electric furnace coils kick on and then bring the house up to temperature. But by you not having the right thermostat, what can happen is you can run more of the electric furnace and less of the heat pump, which will which will significantly increase your electric bill. So the thermostat you choose has got to be designed for a heat pump. So I would say your first thing to do is to confirm. I don't know if you have an HVAC contractor that you work with, but but get that system serviced. I mean, all these compressors have to be serviced once a year. If you haven't done it, get it serviced. Get the refrigerant checked out. While that guy's in the house, have him install a heat pump rated thermostat. Um, because you're obviously uncomfortable with it, and we don't want you to have all those wires apart and and just and then just have a problem where you got no heat or no air. So I wouldn't do it myself because you're uncomfortable with it. And when in doubt, don't do it. But make sure you use the right thermostat. Otherwise, uh, you may drive up those costs unexpectedly. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight eight eight. Money pit. You know, even if you can do it yourself, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should do it yourself. And just like Carl said, if he read the instructions and it still seems confusing to him, then don't do it. You know, I mean, if you're not comfortable with it, and especially with something like your furnace, where if you hook up the wires wrong, like you're probably not going to break it, but you're not going to have heat, and that could be very unpleasant. Belinda in Kansas, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I'm living in this apartment. It's a senior complex. Uh, it was an old school at one time. It's three stories. It was completely gutted. Everything's new on the inside. Uh, new double pane windows, but I'm it's in the northeast corner of the building, and I'm having an awful lot of problems with draft and then cold air uh, coming from the walls underneath the windows. Cause it's, it's brick and stone on the outside, and so there's the air pocket and then your inside wall and so at night, it's like living inside a refrigerator and trying, <laughs> really, really, and trying to... That does not sound very pleasant. It's not. It's not. I lay in bed at night, and I, I don't sleep because I'm just listening. It's a heat pump, too, that they put in these. And so it's going all night long. It never shuts off. And so I'm just wondering if they would or... You know, they probably could if if they would, because the National Historic Association is also in on this, being it's an old building. So so you're essentially wondering, Belinda, what you can do because you're a tenant, right? So you don't own the building. You You can't replace the windows. So what are your options? So you have a couple of options. So first of all, if you wanted to spend some money, you could order interior storm windows. But of course, you're, you'd have to be custom made to fit the to fit the windows, and they may be pricey. If you want an inexpensive option, there's two ways to go. One thing is you could use shrink film, which is basically a window film that gets uh, essentially double-faced tape to the inside trim, and then you use a hair dryer to shrink it so it's taut and clear. And the other thing that you can use is uh, weather stripping, um, caulk weather stripping. Basically, it's a temporary caulk product, and it's clear like a silicone, but it's not silicone. And you essentially caulk your windows shut with this temporary caulk. And then in the spring, you can peel it right off. It comes off like in a rubbery strip. Now, the only thing bad about using the temporary caulk 
is that you will not be able to open or close the window once it's done because it's pretty much sealed shut. So you don't want to do this to like your bedroom window where you may have to use it to get out in the event of an emergency. <laughs> Actually, they pretty much tried all that. They they see the problem is the National Historic Association won't let them do a lot of stuff, and they hadn't coughed around the cracks where the frame of the windows meet the window sill and along the walls. So they came up, they did that. So let me say that again, Belinda. We're not talking about caulking outside the window. We're talking about caulking caulking inside the window. So basically right around the sash, where the sash meets the sill, where the sash meets the jam, those are the areas that you typically would not caulk. You would never caulk. But if you use the temporary weather stripping caulk, you can caulk right over those seams where all of the air gets in. And then again, in the spring, you grab a little little end of it and you peel it and it comes off in one usually one solid piece it works quite well uh, you may have to order it if you don't find it on your store shelves i know uh, red devil makes a one called seal and peel so you could look at uh, look up that brand belinda thanks so much for calling us at 1888 money pit did you know that americans take twenty thousand breaths a day and spend an average of 90 percent of their time indoors That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Time to talk to Philip in Rhode Island about a roofing question. What can we do for you? Well, in, in Rhode Island, in my neighborhood in Jamestown, there's a lot of beautiful red cedar shingled houses. And okay. I just I just put brand new red cedar shingles on my house and my roof. I noticed some of the houses age beautifully. Like when I what I mean beautifully is they age darker red, and sometimes little bits of black or streaks of black and red and deep deep red. And um, some of them don't age that way. It's like, and I'm I'm just wondering if you guys know anything about how to get them to age the way I want them to. I don't want them to age light. I want them to age darker red. Yeah, we don't always get to choose how we age, right? And that applies to our shingles as well. So when you choose red cedar, um, that gets darker over time, and it will turn to a, a, a very dark gray, typically, as it's exposed to sunlight. I mean, I guess it's possible that you could apply a stain to the cedar shingles, even though they're roofing shingles, but most people don't do that. So what we typically get calls about when it comes to cedar is how to not to, how, how to prevent them from getting darker. And 
one way to do that is to replace the vent across the ridge of the roof. Or if you don't have a vent there, you can essentially do the same thing with a strip of copper. If you were to overlay the peak of the roof with, say, a 12-inch wide strip of copper, so half goes on one side, half goes on the other, what happens is as rainwater strikes that, it releases some of the copper, and that acts as a mild mildicide and helps to keep the roof shingles clean and prevents algae growth. Oh, but it, so then they wouldn't they wouldn't age dark, they'd stay lighter. It would be less likely to get as dark, and they certainly wouldn't grow an algae. You Perhaps you may have noticed that sometimes when you look at houses, especially around chimneys that have metal flashing, you'll see bright streaks at the bottom of the chimney. That's for the same reason. What happens is that metal flashing releases some of its copper and then cleans that area under the chimney. That's why it gets streaky there. But if you do it across the whole peak of the roof, then it will sort of clean evenly. It'll clean evenly. But I'm looking for that age to look, the kind of the dark, the darker shingles age look, the darker yeah. color. Um, and I guess it's just up to Mother Nature is what you're saying. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It really is. I appreciate it. Thanks very much, you guys. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Well, if there's one thing in our home that we want to be pure and fresh every time we reach for it, it's the water. Now, if your water smells more like rotten eggs, there's a simple solution. Yeah. First, let's talk about what that smell is. It's actually sulfur, and it rears its stinky head more often in houses that are located on a groundwater supply. And it does this because the groundwater can pick up hydrogen sulfide, which is a very naturally occurring gas, and that hydrogen sulfide gets absorbed in the water and comes up into your house, and it smells awful. It's not dangerous. It's not even harmful to your health. It's just very annoying and very disgustingly smelly. (laughs) All right. Well, now that we know what that is, let's talk about how you treat it. Now, if the smell seems to be coming from both your hot and your cold water, you've got to call a well contractor. They're going to install a filter that minimizes that sulfur that reaches into your house. However, if that smelly water is only coming from the hot side, you probably need to replace the sacrificial anode rod, and this is inside your hot water heater. Now, the sacrificial anode rod, I mean, listen to the name on it. Sacrificial means it's going to wear out. You're going to get rid of it. (laughs) So these sacrificial anode rods, they're typically made of magnesium, which the hydrogen sulfide attacks, and that's going to release that rotten egg smell, and then it eats away at the rod as well. That's why they're called sacrificial. They actually lay down their lives for fresh-smelling water. Hey, somebody's got to do it. Yeah, exactly. Now, when you replace that old magnesium rod, think about buying one that's an aluminum sacrificial anode rod. These are much more resistant to hydrogen sulfide, and they get the job done without the risk of any sulfur sticking to them and being released into your home. They cost a little bit more, about 30 bucks, but they can be found at any plumbing supply store. Now, we've got Jan in South Dakota on the line who needs some help with leveling a basement floor. Not a terribly difficult project, but a big one. How can we help you? We're planning to remodel the lower level of a townhouse. And what we'd like to do is retile the traffic area, which is a hallway and also a bathroom and utility room. But there's a bedroom with a closet on an outside wall and a utility room in the, in the sort of the center of the um, rooms that has an unlevel floor. So my question is, is there a way to um, re-level the concrete floor before we re- resurface it? Yeah, I mean, there's a product called a, a leveling compound, a floor leveling compound, that essentially you can mix up and pour on the floor and trowel out and use it to level floors. 
And so that's really your only option. But how out of level is this floor? I mean, is it really visually um, bothersome? Because I would suspect that, you know, it's a big project for you to level it, and it might be easier just to sort of adjust things around it. Okay. Like re-level the appliances and... Yeah, exactly. It's a just it's a kind of a pain in the neck to level the entire floor. Is it expensive? To have it professionally done, I would say yes. To do it yourself, no. But then again, it's not the kind of thing that you could just pick up and do. It does require some skills to get it done right. You would just get a, like a be a long board to use as a trowel. There are products that are self-leveling products, and they're usually good for more minor leveling jobs, say up to uh, one being one inch out of level. So if you choose a floor leveling compound that's designed for self-leveling, essentially what you do is you mix it up, say like in a five-gallon bucket, and then you pour it out, and it will seek its own level. But you have to keep going back, mixing more, pouring it, mixing more, pouring it, and then you can kind of trowel it out as it starts to level out, and, and then at one point it will meet you know, the original floor. Floor. So that's an option for you is to use a self-leveling compound. That sounds great. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Rob from Utah is on the line who's looking to save some green by going green and needs some help with an energy audit. How are you doing today, Rob? Uh, we are interested in getting a home energy audit and mostly trying to figure out what to expect. Like, how much should it cost? Well, that's a great question. Now, have you looked around for uh, audit providers? I uh, haven't really reached out to people yet. But tried to get in a little bit, but no, not really. Okay, so I would start with your local utility company because sometimes they provide uh, home energy audits themselves or uh, will provide those at a discount. What I would like to see you find is someone that's not tied in with a repair operation. So you get somebody that's truly independent. There are some energy auditors that work for the same companies that that offer insulation services and weather stripping and that sort of thing. And what you really want to do is find someone who's completely independent. The scale of the energy audit uh, can vary dramatically. A couple of things that I would look for. One thing that is really good to get is what's called a blower door test. And this is where they take a device and pressurize your house with air or depressurize it and can measure the amount of leakage your house has. And that can help you pinpoint the worst offenders uh, and teach you how to get those sealed up. Other parts of an energy audit would determine how energy efficient your windows are, how much insulation you have uh, in your attic space. Is it matched with the right kind of ventilation? How efficient are your appliances? You know, it really looks at all of those areas. And then it should boil down to a specific list of recommendations that are prioritized. Because I think a lot of times when we try to make our homes more efficient, we guess. You know, we guess at where we're suffering the most, whether it's new windows or insulation or whatever, you know, we think we need or a salesperson tries to sell you. It ends up being a guess. But energy audit really can nail that down with some cold hard facts uh, and help you prioritize where to put the money. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Good luck, Rob. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. 
It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if your HVAC system reminded you when it was time for maintenance? And better yet, wouldn't it be great if the system alerted your dealer when service or repair was needed? And even enabled service techs to log in remotely and see exactly what was going on? Yeah, you know, we're not talking about a futuristic idea here. Technology that does just that and much, much more was just released by Carrier at the International Builder Show. It's called IntelliSense. And with us to talk about that is Christine Rashi, the Associate Director of Controls for Carrier. Welcome, Christine. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh, you are so welcome. We're happy you're joining us. So, Christine, this technology, I mean, it's really changing the way that HVAC dealers and technicians help customers, right? Yes, absolutely. It is changing the way that our technicians can go into your home and make your life easier, more comfortable, and get it done faster. In my view, this is kind of a really major advancement in smart home technology. We're all used to using smart home technology to control our thermostats, maybe our garage door open opener. But now um, the entire HVAC system that provides heating and cooling to our house is going to benefit from this same kind of technology and enable us to have a lot more information than we ever had before about the function, the maintenance, the efficiency of our system. And if there are any needed repairs, you're going to get an early alert of that before serious damage is done, right? Absolutely. What we've really done is we've taken the technology inside of our equipment in the years and years of expertise we have designing that. We've combined it with our digital technology tools that we've provided to our dealers. And then with the Ecopee for Carrier thermostat, we're able to communicate what's happening with that equipment to our digital tools so that our dealers are better able to serve our homeowners. They can predict what's going wrong, which means faster service and more precise service for our homeowners. When that truck pulls up, they're going to have the right parts, the right technician to fix the job and get you more comfortable more quickly. I mean, that's really awesome because so many times in the past, you would have a technician show up without the right things and you'd be waiting that additional time, you know, for a part or for the right person. So this is really a wonderful technology that I think is going to be so helpful to both the service team and the homeowner. That's exactly right, Leslie. That's what we keep saying, the right part, the right tech the first time. Eliminate those second callbacks where somebody comes to your home just to diagnose the problem, go back and get the part, and hopefully they make it back that day, maybe not. Our goal with this is that the technician is going to know what part to put on that truck and they're going to know what technician to send so that they're fixing your equipment when they get there and you're comfortable. 
Very cool. Now, this IntelliSense technology, what carrier equipment is this going to be available in? Is it available across the entire line? Is there a particular section of the carrier equipment or a series that uh, homeowners should be asking either dealers about? So what we've done with our IntelliSense technology is we've taken our connected products down to our performance series, which is our mid-tier line of equipment. So what you used to get on our Infinity series, our top-tier fully variable systems, you can now get on our single and two-stage You can get the two-stage AC and heat pump, the single-stage and two-stage performance series gas furnace. So we're really bringing the connected HVAC system down to the masses, down to everybody, so that they can get that top-tier service from their carrier dealer. And this isn't a retrofit. Like, you're going with all new equipment at this point. You can't add it to something you've already got. Not at this point. This is factory installed. So every piece of performance series equipment that comes out of the carrier factory will feature IntelliSense technology, which is truly we have put sensors on the equipment itself. So we are the first to do this on the mid-tier line of equipment. We're actually reading data from the equipment itself. It's being transferred back to our Ecobee for carrier thermostat and then up through the cloud to our carrier digital tools. So we're not making different inferences from the thermostat data. We're actually pulling data off the equipment itself. And then our dealers are the best in the business. They're using their years and years of expertise to analyze that data, just like they would be on site. And then they're knowing what part to put on the truck before they ever come to your home. Carrier's been innovating since you guys invented the air conditioner. I don't think a lot of folks know that, but... uh... What was the gentleman's name that, that invented the air conditioner? Was it Will- Willis? It was Willis Carrier. Yes, it was. Willis Carrier. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I would do good on quiz shows only if the questions had something to do with home improvement. Otherwise, I'd be lost. <laughs> <laughs> Willis got us started, but you, your technology continues to advance and advance and advance. And now this is really impressive. This is really exciting because now we're going to have a whole new way to be able to monitor and update and repair and maintain our systems. The intelligence technology available from Carrier on the Carrier Performance Series. Christine, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit and filling us all in, and best of luck with the new line. Thank you very much. All right, guys, what are you working on? We're in mid-March. We're getting into springtime. We're getting into the almost summertime. So what kind of plans do you have for your Money Pit? Are you thinking about a big project or a small project? Whatever it is, if you're in the midst of it or you're just dreaming about it, we can help you make your home everything that you want it to be. So follow the Money Pit podcast at moneypit.com slash podcast or wherever you get your pods. Now we've got Melanie in California on the line with a decorating question. What can we do for you today? I have um, untreated V. rusticmi, naughty pine, throughout the house. I would like to continue into a 8 by 12 bathroom with the same uh, is this the best application for the bathroom, and, or will untreated wood hold up to condensation? Now, where are you seeing this, on the walls, on the ceiling? Oh, well, I'd like to do the whole bathroom, yes, walls and ceiling. I would say, Leslie, that naughty, untreated <laughs> naughty pine is a really bad idea for a bathroom. Yeah. Um, I actually do have a bathroom that's got uh, pine wainscoting, but it's completely sealed. And it goes up about halfway up the the wall. I, I would definitely not put unfinished wood in the bathroom because it's going to soak up the moisture. It's going to grow mold or mildew, and just is not going to look right. You can't clean it either. So, a bad idea for the ceiling. That said, if you like the look of wood, there are many ceiling uh, tile products that that do look quite a lot like wood. Okay, um, we're limited. We're in a small area, so we're limited as far as. Hardware's going and paneling. We've checked out our local hardware stores and um, 
where, where's the best place to find, oh, say, ceiling paneling and... Now, a clever, creative idea, which, you know, you might be able to source online, and perhaps you haven't looked at some of this in the local places to you, would be a laminate flooring that's a plank that looks like a knotty pine, so that we could utilize that in the same application that you're talking about, but it's made to withstand high moisture situations because it's, you know, a manufactured product and not a natural product. Sure. Sure. And that, because it's sold in planks, if you do have to order it online or if somebody you know, has to order it from the vendor directly through your local stores, it ships really easily because of its packaging and being plank size. You're not going to have a hard time getting it in rather than a sheet product. Oh, okay. Very good. And, and it, I think that would look far better than a sheet product. We just, uh, I think that's... I oh, absolutely. Don't care for, the Wayne's coating or coating, how do you pronounce that? Is that... Um, I say Wayne's coating, but I, I think everybody says it everywhere. They feel like okay. tomato, tomato. <laughs> it's very attractive, um, but we need to do this complete uh, up the walls. You don't have to. You could go partially up the walls and then trim off the top edge of it. Hmm. And then with, okay. It depends on what look you're going for. For example, Leslie, you've often given the uh, the suggestion that you can take an old door, turn it on its side, and that could be a Wayne's coating. I mean, that works out beautifully, especially because it gives you the paneling sort of built right into the door. The only issue there is that anywhere you've got an electrical outlet or something that might protrude from the wall, you're going to have to bump that out to accommodate the extra thickness of the door. Not a big deal, but it's an extra step. Boy, it sure is. I, oh, boy. Um, okay, well, thank you so much. That's that's a lot to think about, and I really like that plank flooring um, idea. I, that was some. I thought that never even crossed my mind, So, or nor my husband's. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thank you so much, and thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you're in the market for a new washing machine today, you'll be presented with dozens of possible features. And as more features are added to these machines, the price goes up. So to help you narrow your options, Consumer Reports recommends selecting high-performance washers that fit your budget. And then secondly, consider features that really add convenience or save time. Yeah, so based on their tests, these four make the most sense. So first of all, we're talking about automatic dispensers. I mean, this feature is designed to dispense detergent, bleach, fabric softener, all at the right time. And today, some washing machines can actually hold like months worth of the detergent and only dispense the right amount at the right time. Now, automatic temperature control is a good one. Rather than simply mixing hot and cold water in those preset proportions, auto temperature control is going to adjust that water to the optimal temperature for that setting that you select. Now, another setting to look for is the extra rinse cycle. You know, all types of washing machines use a lot less water than they once did. And most new washers have an extra rinse cycle. It can definitely help if your skin is sensitive to detergent residue, and it can help wash away pet hair and other stubborn messes. So a very convenient feature to have. And lastly, let's talk about that tub. It should be stainless steel. Definitely a sign of durability. These can withstand higher spin speeds than the plastic tubs, and they can also extract more water. And when you get more water out of your clothes, you get less dryer time, which means you spend less on either the gas or the electricity that you need to dry your clothes. So four good things to look for if you're buying a washer today. Automatic dispensers automatic temperature control, an extra rinse cycle, and a stainless steel tub. Bela in Delaware, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Well, we have a sunroom, and the roof of the sunroom is four inches of styrofoam, 
and on top of that is aluminum. Now, when it rains, it's very, very noisy. It's like living in a double wide, you know. So, what I would like to do is put like architectural shingles on it. Now, I talked to one roofer, he said, oh, we can just nail it on. But I don't think so. I thought maybe we need some plywood, three-quarter inch plywood, and even maybe some spacers. This aluminum roof, is it is it fairly uh, flat or is it uh, shaped? It is flat, yes, sir. Well, first of all, keep in mind that metal roofs are far more durable than asphalt shingle roofs. But if you can't really deal with the sound and you want to soften it, I agree with you. I do think you should you should attach a plywood decking to that metal roof first. And I would do that with screws. So I would drive screws through the decking into that metal roof. And then on top of that, I would put um, ice and water shield which is going to give you protection from any ice damming. And I would probably, since it's a, it's a, a fairly flat roof or a low-slope roof, I would probably cover the entire surface with ice and water shield. And then over that, I would put the asphalt shingles. Okay, sir. Well, thank you so very much for your help. That, that, that is the kind of thing I've been thinking about. I think you're on the right track, Bella. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. We've got Eric in Baltimore who wrote in today saying, I'm working on a house built in 1855. He says a couple of the supports have rotted under the main beam, and now it's bowing the floor and cracking the plaster. Is there a way to lift it back up? This kind of seems like a bigger problem than you might think. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Yeah, it's not just like shimming it, right? So listen, (laughs) when you have a house that's built in 1855, you know, which is even older than our houses, right, Leslie? That's an old house. When you have a house that's that old, you're going to have some saggy beams. Now, the question is, is it actively sagging? Is it getting worse over time, or did it just settle once and it's just sort of stuck there? If that's the case, you can leave it alone. But if you need to bring it back up, you're never going to make it straight. What you want to do is to stop it from moving any further, because if you try to straighten out, you're going to stretch out beams. You're going to crack them. You're going to make a lot more problems. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, it can be a heck of a mess. So you want to do it very, very carefully. But I would suggest at this point, first off, Eric, you need to get an expert opinion as to whether or not this is a serious structural issue or really just one that's cosmetic. And if it's cosmetic, remember, when you sell the house, just tell them it has a little extra charm. And, you know, then maybe they'll give you some more money for it. Well, is your bathroom, say, a bit boring, but you don't have the funds to spruce it up? There's no reno of your bathroom in your future? Well, don't fear, because there's actually a lot you can do on the cheap with paint. Leslie has the how-to in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, you know, there really isn't a less expensive way to transform a bathroom, or really any room for that matter, than with paint. And if you do it yourself, you're going to save even more. So here's four ideas to get those creative juices flowing. Think about stenciling the ceiling. I mean, that creates a really unexpected focal point. You can paint it in a contrasting color to kind of have a eye-catching effect. And you can go for something that almost would look like a paneled ceiling or a textured ceiling. I mean, you could do something really cool with a stencil, even if you go tone-on-tone to create a really interesting, unexpected look. Next, think about bold walls. I mean, think about a super saturated color, turquoise, terracotta, 
deep blues, deep rich grays, dark grays that are almost like black or greenish black. Those make an outstanding splash in a bathroom space. So definitely don't be afraid to go for it there. Plus, bathrooms are usually small with very little wall space. So you're not really going to be overwhelmed by that color if it might be too much. So great spot to get really bold. Now, if you've got some imagination and a paintbrush... Why not paint a mural? Add some pizzazz to this otherwise ordinary bathroom. I mean, keep in mind things like bare trees and blooms kind of are the easiest to master if you're not exactly a Picasso, but you can find a lot of great inspiration online with some great tutorials and some simple painting techniques that could create a super unique masterpiece. Now, lastly, instead of replacing that outdated vanity, Give it a makeover with paint and some new hardware. Now, here you're going to want to use oil-based paint. It's going to work best in this sort of moist bathroom environment. It's also going to be easier to clean. Just make sure when you're painting, you use some good ventilation in that space because these oil-based paints are kind of stinky, and we don't want those fumes to kind of knock you over in the middle of your project. But definitely great ways to make a big change for a little bit of dough. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show, and as the weather gets nicer, you're likely going to be spending more and more time on your deck. And that's why now is the best time to make sure that deck is safe. We're going to share tips to spot signs of deck trouble before it becomes dangerous on the very next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 